podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, make sure you go over and leave those five-star reviews. If you like this, go over and listen to our other podcasts like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Funnel Down Defense or Coaching Youth Hoops or whatever uh, whatever one of the seven in our in our network that you would like to listen to. Uh, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. They are always – what I love about Dr. Dish is they're always innovating. They're always making – that a little bit better and that's what that's why i think they're the best machine out there we like i've said before we own three of them and i would not be talking about them every day if i did not believe them mention coach unplugged they'll give you 450 dollars off and they'll give you a one customer service and then also what what helps keep the lights on what helps keep everything moving is teachhoops.com um it's for coaches who want to get better it is a one-stop shop by a basketball coach for a basketball coach um, you know, I'm always working with my team 365 days a year, working on making us better. And I want to do the same thing for you. I'm giving you resources, one-on-one calls, office hours, a roadmap per se that will help you uh, become a better coach. And we offer a 14-day free trial because I believe you should come in and kick the tires around and see if it's right for you. If it's not, that's fine. Um, but I, I guarantee that you're going to love it. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so excited to join you today. Coach Bill has kind of hacked the uh, the uh, Coach Unplugged feed, but not really. Um, him and I, about a year ago, started uh, Coaching Youth Hoops podcast. Um, it has morphed into a website, into us hopefully helping over a million athletes at some point over the next 10 years. Um, but some the he him he has done some great podcasts that i wanted to share with the coach uh unplugged community and so i'm going to put some of these up on our coach Un- unplugged community so all of you can hear um they're great they're awesome and uh he's a wonderful interviewer probably better than me um but also some great resources and some great ideas so thought i'd share that with all of you and uh, make sure you go over and check out our website coachingyouthhoops.com all right let's head off to the podcast going live. Hello, coaches. Welcome to another episode of Coaching Youth Hoops. If you're looking at your screen right now, you'll recognize this face if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis or see us on YouTube, I should say. Uh, We are back with Doc Shuffler from the infamous Pinewood girls basketball team. He's been there for how many years at Pinewood, coach? I started in 94. 596. So, okay. So, uh, do the math on that. So, yeah, quite a few years. So that one, math, that's incredible math. that any coach stays There's around 20, that long. Eight years, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. 49 that's, years. I don't know. That's amazing um, that you've survived that long. But uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast before, one, stop, go back, and then catch up to this one and listen to this one. And again, pull over, get your notebook out because I guarantee you. You will want to take notes on this one. We have a pretty exciting uh, subject. We're uh, we're talking about uh, vision, decision, and execution. Doc will explain his framework uh, on that. Uh, This is going to be a good one again. But let's uh, before we get started, uh, let's talk about Doc here. Over seven hundred career wins, uh, 
six-time Division Five California State champion. Guy's been around, had success. Shooting coach for Jeremy Lin. What else? We got 13 sectional championships, 25 league championships, 2014 uh, state coach of the year. Uh, nickname is King of Hop, which uh, maybe you can tell That's us. Why said. are you the King of Hop? I'll let you explain that this time. I explained it the last time. So you go in. I want to hear your version of this. Well, it, the funny thing is, back in the mid '80s, um, I noticed uh, players at the pro level and even college level. When I was watching Steve Kerr and Craig McMillan play at Arizona, or Craig Hodges, Dale Ellis, Danny Ainge, Jerry Seesting, uh, Scott Wedman, they would hop on their catch and they would get it off quickly. And I adopted that in my own particular game, and I started teaching individual lessons without cones and etc. Back in 1986, um, they had tennis lessons, golf lessons, racquetball lessons. I was going to teach basketball lessons. Now every Tom, Dick, and Harry is a basketball trainer now. So make sure you choose that wisely, everybody. Um, make it functional skills. That's right. uh, keep yeah. the two balls and the five dribble combo moves at home. So anyway, um, with that in mind, I started doing that. And I became so much better because I had a quicker release. And I would teach that to my players at my high school teams, taught it to my daughter. And uh, people looked at her like she was some kind of, what is she doing? It's like she's catching and shooting, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. One of my players says, are you saying cashew? No, catch and shoot, <laughs> catch and shoot. Um, and she had a very quick release, resulted in her hitting 395 career threes back from 95 to 98 and this is how my team has played. And they're all known as hop shooters off a of catch. They're all hop shooters. So it ran into quite a bit of flack from the traditional one, two people. And I, I still battle that battle all the time with when you dip the ball, it's going to be slower. I mean, I even had a Facebook convo this morning about play didn't dip on his corner three at the end of the third quarter yesterday, but you know, he caught it here and he brought it to his chest. That's a dip. He didn't catch it at his chest and bring it to his waist. So we actually dipped the ball, you know, but <laughs> you can't convince people that video proof doesn't make it seem like that. So I've been a proponent of teaching a catch and shoot off a hop. So that's so what the I, there we go. The King of hop moniker. There's Michael, Michael uh, Jackson <laughs> was the King of hop. <laughs> I am the king of hop. There we go. And, and it's funny because I and we talked uh, uh, or after a previous uh, conversation on the podcast, I went and uh, I had training sessions with uh, three or four uh, players. And I've been teaching the, the hop shot for four years, five years, I think about. And uh but one of the things that you had mentioned to me was footwork. And I didn't put enough emphasis on the footwork, although we included it, but it wasn't enough. But I uh, I asked them, I did your boing, boing thing. And I said, and I said, okay, what does that sound like? Boing, 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 right? And, and they said, Tigger, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Tigger. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, add a little Tigger in your toes, right? So we, yeah. uh, that's what we say now. We got a little Tigger yeah, in somebody, our toes. You know, one of my friends, Craig Campbell, who, you know, teaches his players at Clovis West, Hopping on their catch and shoot calls your feet, your feet fire, your feet are on yeah, charcoal. Yeah. Yep. You got to get off the ground quick. And 
um, that's that's a key proponent of having a quick release. So um, is jumping quickly instead of bending your knees after your feet land. So that's funny, anyway. yeah, because we did all of that. I mean, we went through. I think we spent about ten minutes, no ball, working on the shot, just footwork, just all footwork. You know. So thank you for that. Um, and like, <laughs> and I even texted you afterwards and said they didn't want to leave. We were there for almost two hours, and I like, coached. It's over already. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, I got it. Well, that's I'm when you know you have. To I mean, that that relates yeah. to our our previous podcast. You have to hook them on the game. I yeah. bet you they went practiced on their own. You know, yeah. so you gave we'll them. See. You know, <laughs> we'll what, see on what, Thursday. No, I. You know, that's when I pulled the uh, Liam Neeson yeah. line from Taken. Uh, if you don't practice, I'll look for you. I'll find you, and I will kill you. So, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, no, they have their Christmas present. That's the thing is that it's yeah, what do you do with a toy right. that you get for Christmas? You go out and play with it. Well, your your toy that you're giving them, Bill, is the learning to shot. And once you learn to shoot and you see the ball go in, it's like that snowball going down the mountain. And that's that's, right. that's our yeah. job as coaches is to get that fire lit. Yeah, we were playing loud music. I was excited. I was hopping around myself. So it was uh, it was quite the scene. You would have been proud, Coach. All right, today, let's dive into uh, the subject matter today, because I'm really curious on how you break the game down. I think this is really important. This goes to your philosophy of a quick shot, right? Um, Again, we're talking about vision, decision, and execution. Explain what that means. Well, anything involved with a open skill sport, a closed skill sport, I think we mentioned it before, is like archery, bowling, things that the parameters are all here. You just gymnastics, you know, dancing, ice skating. They're all just, okay, I'm just going to do that. But basketball, soccer, water polo, hockey, lacrosse, all those are open skill sports where they're Mm -hmm. constantly changing variables. And you have to have your eyes being a very active part of the situation and training your eyes to do the right thing at the right time is what I call sight skills. You know, you have ball skills, you have foot skills, you put them together, and then you have to create situations where they're using their sight skills to make the right decision at the right time. So that's why when you design a practice, there should be lots of one-on-one where they're having vision on how the defensive player is playing them um, in three different types of situation of which you have the ball. One would be right off a catch, what I call a catch and shoot, or triple threat to where you're pivoting and creating a situation there, which I don't teach as much anymore. And then they're working off a live dribble. You can be in triple threat in a live dribble because you're still able to shoot, drive, or pass off a dribble. You're still able to shoot, drive, or pass off a catch. So that's where triple threat is kind of, you can still be in triple threat with a lateral space dribble where you're reading the defender while you're moving yeah. laterally to try and set them up for a drive or a shot. So all of all of our practices involve the progression of what well, we're going to work first. And I, I discovered this back when I played. I can give you an example of this. I was making a buck 65 opening a gym for the rec department in the summer. And I was <laughs> so envious the year before because I was out sweating in the middle of the summer coaching 11, 12-year-old boys in baseball. And I loved it. But there was a guy that opened the gym from one to four at Burlingame High School. The rec opened it for him. And I go like, I want that because <laughs> and I was a senior at the time. And I opened the gym 
at one. And what happened when I opened at one? I'm the only guy there. So I'm shooting. Bill would show up and we would play horse or something. And then, well, you want to play one-on-one? And we'd play one-on-one. Then all of a sudden, Don and John show up. And, well, what do you do when you got four guys? Well, you play two-on-two. And then, sure enough, a couple minutes later, more people show up. Oh, what are we going to play three on uh, four on four? Uh, we got enough for full court. So look at the progression in terms of learning. Yeah. I have to first learn to attack my primary defender. And then when play two on two, yeah, I got to attack you. Then I got to read and respond to that second defender. Do I pass or do I keep going? You know, um, and then three on three, well, I react to the primary defender. They're not there. I go by. Oh, no. Oh, oh. I pass and screen away. I pass and give and go cut. I space the floor on people's penetration. And then you play fours. You have to work on your spacing. And then five is full court. You work on your dribble move. So look at the progression that I experienced for six, seven weeks as a basketball player that was going to play in junior college. It's like I got so much better. Because I was playing five days a week of ones, twos, threes, and fours. Mm -hmm. And to develop that vision, decision, execution template, you've got to first play one-on-one. You have to, the most important decision you want your players to develop is right when they catch the ball. Are they going to shoot it or drive it? The goal of every closeout in basketball Mm -hmm. is to be there on the catch. Why? Because there's no advantage. Uh, Several of the guys and gals that I talked about in the previous podcast, whether it be Alex Sarama or Mark Cassio, Doug Novak, Brent Timpton, Alex Sarama, um, Ross McMains, they all have this in outline form and they're on the internet. All right. That's my George Bush, the internet, uh, <laughs> you know, um, to where you, Brian McCormick as well, yeah. to where they have their principles and how they play offense in written outline formed. And it was like me, it was like, this is like candy for me. This is unbelievable. And I just absolutely loved looking at that. So the template of playing basketball is that you have to first read that defender on the closeout. Mm -hmm. I plan to shoot. I react to attack. And that's my moniker where I'm thinking I'm going to shoot the ball and my reaction is to drive. So picture this, a baseball player plans to hit every pitch and they react not to swing because it's a ball high or low, but when there's no reaction, not to swing, they continue on with what they planned and they hit the ball. Well, being an offensive player, you have the same mentality. I'm going to be a weapon. When I catch the ball, I'm going to shoot it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drive it or I'm going to move the ball. I'm never, the ball is always going to be shot driven or passed. And that's, Vision on that makes, I'm making a vision, I'm making a decision to shoot or drive, but I make that decision more, uh, what's there, not easier. You make it easier by having a set plan and then reacting to do it. So execution means the fact that I'm going to execute the right way to catch and drive, the right way to catch and shoot. And this is yeah, when it's it's funny when... I taught a catch and drive. I used to teach it with your feet parallel. An L, I jump stop, I cross over. I jump stop, I cross over. But then I figured, I don't know how long ago it was. I just uh, put my head together and said, well, no, on on a first step from triple threat, 
my feet are at a 45 degree angle. I take a rocker step by them. And when I make a dribble hesitation move, my feet are at this 45 degree angle. So I call this the split. In other words, when I catch the ball, instead of landing to shoot, I split my feet. So the ball in the air, feet in the air, as I land, when I make that decision, I plan to shoot, I react to drive, I plan to shoot, I react to split. And I train that in them over and over again, where I just have them catch the ball, they split. I've got it to the point where I've really, really learned how important core strength is to improve somebody's first step. The pushing angle is such to where their feet placement have to be right. If you remember Kevin Durant, when his feet hit the ground, when he tore his Achilles tendon, this puts a lot of pressure. So when your feet are driving to your right, your feet are actually parallel to each other, but they're facing at 10 o'clock on the, so they're facing like Mm. this. Why? Because you get more glute work into that maximum push because it's just not your calf and your Achilles tendon. You're using your whole body. As one of my physical therapist friends said, well, now you want to really be able to have a strong core to make that push come down the chain. And we're, and it's like, wow, this is really good. So um, that's how we develop that. So it, it's, 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 crazy, it's pretty yeah. advanced. It's advanced stuff. And I can see by the look on your face, you're going like, what the hell are you? Well, yeah, talking I have about? a lot of, yeah, I have a lot this of questions stuff is, about that. You plan yeah. to shoot, react to split. Yeah. So when people talk about you're going to, and I, this is my go-to imitation of know-it-all coaches that don't know anything. I call them know-nothing know-it-alls. You're going to catch and rip through. You know, it's like, yeah, but you're going to catch and go by. Oh no, the ball's going to, no. When you're, when you're catching and driving, you're going to quickly bring the ball there and your shoulder comes in front. They're not going to get the ball. Trust me on that. So, so many times guys will catch and spend times whipping through and they haven't driven yet. They haven't driven yet. So we want our players to be able to attack that area right away. So instead of a one, two, and then attacking that spot, we're going to split. So we're sprinting right when our feet hit the ground. So we go into such detail of first step speed footwork. And we talked about that in terms of player development, in terms of first step speed and how to do it. Well, we we master it from a jump stop. It's basically a mini stop, stop cut, jump cut and football, same thing. And we train them to make the right decision to be able to do the right thing at the right time. And I always say, if you shoot the ball and it's the wrong decision, what happened? What happened? I'm asking you, what happened? I shot the ball and I'm going to say, hey, Bill, you made the wrong choice there, dude. What happened? They blocked your shot, right? They blocked your shot. What should you have done? Drive. Should have drove, all right? Now, if I try a drive and I don't get by you, what should I have done? Should have passed. I should have shot. I should have shot. Oh, shot. Yeah. Yeah, because if there's enough space, and this is where oh, people make enough a space mistake. You're talking about. Yeah, I got you. you know, I got you. you know, yeah. Right, right, right. If, if I'm a dumb coach and I've got Bill Flitter, the best shooter in America, right? I got you on my team and you've missed your first two shots. You know, Bill, you know what? I don't want you to shoot anymore. I want you to drive. Why don't you drive now? It's like, no, because you want to treat their vision decision to be right. You want to say, hey, Bill. Those shots look really good. 
Next one's going in. I know it. It looks good. Keep shooting. Yeah. What would that do to you? You're going to go like, well, shit, the coach believes in me. Let's That's go. Right. Boost my Go rather than yeah. you don't want to shoot anymore because you're not on today. <laughs> you know, the best way to get on after you're off is to keep shooting. So yeah. the quacks that tell people that, you know, you should drive more. They, they need to get to the basket. They're cranking, jacking, chucking threes up. As long as they're catch and shoot threes, it's going to even out. And if you don't hit them, that's all right. It's not like we're going to feed the ball into a five, nine post girl against a six, two girl and get scores. So well, I um, want to step back uh, though, uh, because I think there's, uh, there's a, just a lot to unpack in this. So going back to how you, let's just start how you land. Cause I think that's really important. So from what I understand from what you had said is, okay, I'm passing you the ball. Okay. Now I haven't made, I'm, I need to, I need to have the vision because I need to see where the defense is. So I need to know how I'm going to land if I'm going to shoot or drive, but are you right. saying I'm landing the same way, whether I'm shooting or driving? Nope. No, that's not what you're saying. So nope. there are two different ways yeah. to, okay. God, that's what I thought because what I was confused about when you were talking about the feet apart so if I know I'm driving, I'd land with my feet apart so I can do a rocker step and go. Is okay, that I'm going generally... to show you a video of a go and catch right here. Now, this is Jalen. Can you see that? Yeah. I'll let it play one more time. Uh, it paused right now, so play one more time. We'll make sure we can see this. So uh, coach is showing a video. Oh, we caught it late. It went fast forward. Sorry. You know, I could add it to the show notes too. Or is it a personal video or is it online? I could send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I saw that. Yeah, feet, his feet were apart. So what he did with his feet is th I call that a go and catch. So with my team, we developed, six or seven different moves off a catch where you don't, okay. don't catch and pivot, you catch and drive. That was a go and catch. He's going before he catches the ball. Yeah, he yeah. realizes that he's got an open area right away. Yeah. And then we have a double fake to where we give a little, little shimmy, boom, yeah. boom, and then we go. And then we have a normal catch and drive. So there's three different tempos mm. to throw a defender off. Yeah. And then we have a sprint and catch to where I'm running to the ball and I, it's like a dribble handoff or a kickback to where they're yep. just, they're going. Then we have a shot fake drive. And then we have a, a catch drive fake go opposite to where my drive would go. So we develop these moves through time. And when you plan to shoot, all your training is this to shoot it, plan to shoot, boom. But when then you react to drive, boom, you split, split, you split. Okay. Split. Yeah. And then you do that over and over again. And what we've do, we've got to the, I mean, we've gone to the intricate detail of having somebody do it with bands on mm, to mm, where you have mm, bands around your thighs, bands around yeah. your ankles. So you train that nice pull. Mm -hmm. The key to this is that both feet have to land at the same time. You don't okay. want to hop yeah, one, two. You yeah. don't want to go forward. You just want to split your feet. And where I learned that, and I think I said this to you, in the previous one, 
is from playing tennis. I didn't play basketball for a year. Um, and I don't know if I told you this story or not. So no, did I tell you? No, no, no not the tennis. Well, when I was 20, I, 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 I retired from basketball and I thought I was going to be a tennis player. So all I did was play tennis. I didn't basketball sucks. It's terrible. I hate basketball, you know, but then I couldn't play on a rainy day and the gym was open at the high school by the rec department on a Saturday. And I went in there and I played basketball. I couldn't believe my first step speed was so much better. Mm. I couldn't shoot a lick. I couldn't shoot a lick because yeah. my for my right forearm turned into Popeye the Sailor Man from playing <laughs> so much tennis that I couldn't snap my wrist because my my forearm were so tight that I had no more wrist flexion anymore because gripping oh, that racket and doing that, yeah. my forearm was so developed. But my first step speed was so good. Turning somebody was like unbelievable. Why is that? Because I have to react to the ball and be in a dead sprint right when the ball hits the strings. And I have to, and what do you, what do they call in tennis? They call it a split stop. So a screen, a, a serve and volley, or you watch any great tennis player when the ball hits the strings, what do they do with their feet? They react with their feet wide and they split and boom, boom. So I, I attach that transfer to a catch and drive and putting their feet at an angle where they have maximum amount of muscular force and mask maximum amount of push angle in the direction I want to go. So I don't mean to get in all this detail. But no, this is, this is good detail. And it's, I, what part, I, it's I, part of the reason why my, yeah. it's part of the reason why our team is good is because yeah. this is what I've acquired. Yeah. And this is why it's important for coaches to listen to podcasts, to develop their improvement. If we ask our players to get better, well, why in the hell aren't you getting better? That's right. Um, yeah. So, it's a funny story. When I worked with Jeremy Lin in 2011 and his normal guy was not there, he's going to law school. So I was working on some ball handling things and stuff like that. He shot, obviously. Then I was teaching him a catch and drive. And I, I was talking about pushing angles back in 2011. And he and his brother looked at me and were like, what's up with the pushing angles? It's like, no, no, this is how you drive. And he would catch and rip through and he would get to that drive later. But when he caught and drove, it was like right away you're attacked and you mm. watch players now. This is how they do it. So it, yeah. when his coach with the Knicks after Linsanity came and visited, he had never heard of this. And I was training Jeremy with a verbal command since I didn't close out on him. As the ball's in flight to him, I'm telling him to mm. shoot or drive mm -hmm. with the plan to shoot, react to split without a defender. And that's how you can train somebody to make a, a decision that's based on a verbal cue, which is harder to be able to, right. you know, take in than it is a visual cue. So and is the ball in the air at this point? Cause I think this is really he's now with the warriors. Ball. Kenny is now with the warriors. He looked at me like I'm some kind of nut, but he says, I love this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. And when he was back with the Knicks and back with the Hawks, he says, doc, this stuff really works. I was just telling him to shoot or drive. Off the catch, yeah, plan to shoot, react to drive, you're a weapon on the catch. And yeah. you can train somebody to be able to make that first vision, decision, and executing it the right way. And that starts that starts with being a weapon on the catch. Well, let's, let's a couple questions in there. One is then uh, simple drill, 
to teach it. Are you, is the ball in flight when you're saying drive or shoot? Ball's in flight. Ball's in flight. Okay, that's number one. And then two, what do you think? So again, great, a lot of great school coaches uh, listening to the podcast. I think this is good stuff that they can teach. Uh, So every day, remember that dribble? You have a line of three. It's Bill, Doc, and Don. Mm -hmm. Doc dribbles out. Two dribbles, comes to a jump stop, pivots, passes to Bill. Bill catches it, two dribbles, pivots, yeah. passes back to Don, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Everybody's done that drill, which is a good drill just in itself. We've we've attached a split and drive with that. So when okay. I pass to Bill, he splits, drives, jump stops, passes to Don. Mm. Don splits. And then we work on our different moves. So yeah. you can train that. You can add that passer to be the closeout mm-hmm. person. So they read that closeout in the right way. Um, I've learned from, oh, what was his name? Mike something. Mike about guided guided practice. Guided to where you know you're going to drive every single time. So you give them the read that you want them to develop. Yeah. And then you make it variable to where they got to shoot it or they got to drive it. So that's why every day when we work on our shooting drills, there's always a component of a decision making to shoot the ball. So as a grade school coach, this you put to get somebody to really learn, you put an X taped on the floor, four feet long. And I call it the X drill. So if you put there, if you manipulate your feet to be on that X, like there is on the dice or an X their feet are going to be right on that masking mm-hmm. tape and they'll feel the pushing angle they want to be on their split and sprint. And at our gym here at Pinewood, they won't let us put the tape on the ground anymore because it's marking up the floor. But that's something you can do at your gym. It's just put a big four yeah. foot, four foot X in length and have their feet hit wide. And one sound, hit wide, feet facing 10 o'clock if they're going to their right, 2 o'clock if they're facing left. Um, Teach them to be explosive right on the get-go as far as a start. And then we do lots of first-step speed drills, too, to supplement that. But uh, that's a very easy drill for – and every day they should do that. Catch and drive, catch and drive, catch and drive. And – uh, sooner or later, when you add a defensive player and you make it live, hopefully in that time when they're playing in a game, they'll make the vision decision to do the right thing at the right time. They won't be tentative or catch the ball. You know, but you know, I have a couple of players on my team that still will catch. Mm-hmm. They'll catch, take a look at the defense. Oh, I'm open. Wow. Tap their foot down and shoot the ball instead of. Reading, I, I I can see I can see Bill in my peripheral vision, and when I catch the ball, I kind of have a sense of what I'm going to do. I'm planning to shoot it. It's gone. If they shoot the ball and it's blocked, that's all right. I don't care. You get better when you make your decision. Now, there's a difference between Doc Shepler closing out on Bill and LeBron James in terms of speed, <laughs> right. in terms of yeah. speed, in terms of length. But I always I I learned something from other sports. Is this is why. This is going to get intricate for you, so I'm sorry to bore the the grade school coaches, but the, the other coaches on here will go like, God, this guy's really thought about this. So if I have a .6 catch and shoot, 
Mm -hmm. Right. That video I sent you of, did I send you the video of Patrick McCaw before and after? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. So there's a three tenth difference between example one, example two, three tenths of a difference in his shot release. One was 0.99. The other was 0.63. That 0.3 means distance that a defensive player can close out. And Mike Kruko would say when they measure somebody's speed from first to second when they're stealing, he measures the pitcher's release to home plate and the catcher's release from the catcher's box to second base. And they time that to where that boom, boom, that adds to 3.1. Well, if that runner can get to second in 2.8, every three feet is a tenth of a second. So tenth of a second, three feet, point three, that's nine feet difference that Patrick McCall will now be able to get a catch and shoot over a closeout. So in other words, we we made him with that quick release a more active player. So if I know Bill has a quick catch and shoot, I got to be there on the catch. Mm-hmm. If I'm not there on the catch, it's gone. If I'm moving there on the catch, Bill is gone by me. If I'm there on the catch, which I should be stationary, ready to guard you, then I'm on equal terms. I'm in neutral. I I can I can defend people in triple threat. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I noticed this when this is 15, 20 Amazing. years ago, yeah. that all of our we would play th- those three different types of one-on-one close out, off dribble. And off a catch uh, and triple threat, triple threat off a dribble and uh, off a catch that the closeout offensive player would win every time. And it was like, oh, well, maybe I ought to just play basketball to where we create closeouts for our team. So every set action trigger that we ran, let's just go over a high pick and roll. Mm -hmm. And I'm using that screen. Well, you roll. Somebody from the offside's got to tag the roller. I read that. I bring the ball above my head. Whoop. I pass to the person that's lifting up. What do they got as a result of them tagging that roller? They have a long closeout. What are they doing? They're going to catch and shoot. They're going to catch and drive, or they're going to move the ball. So when you talk about our offensive philosophy, it's all about creating advantages with our actions. And if the reason that our team is really good is that every girl has a quick catch and shoot. They all can shoot the ball. Hopefully I'll train them to make that good first touch decision. And then when we get in that situation, I talk about a first dribble decision. So I'm Mm. reacting to with my eyes forward. I'm reacting to where in the hell is the help coming from? No help. I'm going to keep going. So all the coaches that want their players, especially the youth players, you got to get to the rim in one dribble. (laughs) They're four feet, eight. They're not going to get to the rim in one dribble. You know, they're too small. So don't have them get to the rim in one dribble. So I say you have to be full speed right when you start your drive. First dribble decision, you have to be under control. You can't be accumulating your speed. I call that the decision zone. Where am I going? And then if there's no help, I get to the finish zone. What finish am I going to use in this situation? So prescribing finishes that we've already repped out without a defensive player. Now we got to work on advantage basketball to where now I'm working on finishes 
against that particular defender that's my primary defender. And then we work on finishes against a secondary defender, whether it be a floater, whether it be a Euro step, which people use all the time, you know, it'll be the finish that they develop in players. I'll see people using a Euro step when it's not the right time to use the Euro step, uh, which makes me crazy, but uh, it, it might be a pro hop. It might be something to where I attack that defender and do a spin finish against that secondary defender. So um, first dribble decision is really, really important. Where am I going with the ball? You know, and executing, executing means giving the players the tools to be able to make the right pass. So we work extensively on maybe 15 to 20 passes that you see people make. But most of the time when, when coaches work on passing, just pass, two hand, yeah. just pass, out, bounce pass on the ground, overhead pass. You know, they don't work on a lateral pass. They don't work on a baseball bounce pass. They don't work on an upcourt pitch head pass. They don't work on a triple threat pass where I hook it around. I don't work on a post-feed pass. I don't work on a pass off my dribble overhead pass. There's a ton of them that when we run our actions, we want them to make a vision decision execution to make the right executed pass. Because as when we play, like I talked about in the other podcasts, uh, playing keep away is a great game for kids to play, even at the high school Four on four, no dribble. Five on five, no dribble. To where they work on passing angles and delivery and pass fake pass and all those different things. But if they're not taught to make the right pass in a fundamental standpoint, then they're not going to be able to have the ability. They saw, they decided, but they threw the wrong pass. It was terrible. <laughs> you know, you know, it yeah. wasn't the right pass. Right, so it's our right. job as coaches is to equip all of our players with everything they need to execute whatever system you want to play in. So that requires, you know, a structured practice plan that gets those things. And what we talked about the previous podcast is layering it to the point where you're progressing in a manner that you want them to progress. Well, and again, this comes back to, I mean, a lot of the discussion that we, we had at least about the, you know, early decision is footwork. How do Correct. I land it? You know, it, you know, obviously I have the vision of, okay, am I going to land on two uh, uh, on the catch or am I going to land in the split step because right. I'm going to drive. So, and then it's all footwork and practicing that footwork and getting stronger. Um, yeah, this is, this is amazing uh, coach. And you, I mean, you have broken the game down to a level. No wonder why you guys win. I mean, this is the kind of level. Now, we don't expect the youth coaches to get to this level yet, but it, like you said, it's the layering effect. So where does it start? It starts with giving them the footwork. That's what you can start with, with second and third graders go. or first graders. Teach them how to stop. Teach them how to pivot. You know, teach them how to handle the ball. Teach them how to have fun. Hook them on the game. So when they, you know, they're not going to be able to do all these intricate things that people want, but they can still know what their feet are doing. Their feet are so important. Um, we go over it with my my high school team every day in practice. Mm. They work on different foot skills when they do their dynamic warm up, and when they don't do it right, Mount Saint Shepler explodes. <laughs> Hot lava, you know. You're going to do it right. You're going to do it right. Yeah. And 
that's what kids learn third, fourth grade. If you do it right, you'll be more successful. And when the kids are successful, the light bulb will go on and go like, hey, if you do it right, yeah. Confidence grows from being good at something. You know, I sucked skiing. I never skied again because I sucked at it. I didn't have the discipline to stay through it. What I've learned through my life in the last three or four years is my core strength sucked. My glute strength sucked. I was just a trained basketball player that didn't work (laughs) on those aspects to make myself better in those regards. So I had these muscles that were overdeveloped and muscles that were underdeveloped. That's why I couldn't ski or water ski or, or, or do any balance work because I was terrible at it. At 69, I now realize why I sucked, but it's too late. You know, it's too late. So uh, uh, that's the thing where the youth coaches really have to do a great job of knowing they have a little embryo and you want to put them on the game that when they get better at it, when they get more skilled at it, they'll love it, you know, and they'll stay with it and they want to get better. You know, the, I always say it's, I said this to you earlier when we talked before, it's like you want to give your kids the present of skills yeah. and what they want to do with that Christmas present after that is they feel like they have a new toy. What are they going to do with it? They're going to go play with it. So they're going to play with that basketball. They, they know how to come to a balanced stop. They know how to dribble the ball. They know the correct form in shooting a ball. If they know the correct form in shooting a ball and rep it out and they're a they're an introverted kid that's going to spend time in their driveway shooting, what's going to happen? They're going to get better. And when they get better, they get confidence and they love it even more. That's our job is to affect that. Wow. Uh, Doc, this is no, this has been I mean, I could go. We could we could talk. And it, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you back on if you don't mind. And we're going to uh, we're going to continue these conversations because, one, there's just you got a wealth of knowledge that I know we're going to get some positive comments on. And I want to share those with you. Um, you have a lot to share in the game and, you know, your, your 40 plus years of coaching and the success that you had. So love to continue the conversation. Um, I always like we... to say this, Bill, I'm not, yeah. I'm not old school. I'm the right school. <laughs> I love it, ain't, it ain't old school. It's the, it's right, the school. right school. There you go. All right, coach. Uh, we're going to leave right. on that. Cause that's awesome. Uh, Thank you again for this education in basketball. I've learned a ton. I know my listeners are going to learn a ton. uh, And I can't wait to come visit you and watch a practice. So we'll talk soon, Coach. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe. Um, We would really appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, those five-star reviews mean a ton to us. Uh, Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.